the Ethereum Society proudly presents this series of podcasts in tribute to the 50th anniversary of the giving of the 12 blessings. The following podcast is on the 11th blessing. Blessed are the Supreme Lords of Creation. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at the European headquarters of the Ethereum Society in London, England. The co-hosts were the Reverend Alison Lawrence and the Reverend Steve Gibson. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. And uh, it's a pleasure to welcome you all to Ethereus House in London. And as you all know, we're going to be studying and uh, listening to short extracts of the 11th blessing delivered by the Master Jesus in this very room on October the 5th, 1958. And we are, of course, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the giving of all of the 12 blessings in in this series of podcasts. I'm Steve Gibson. And I'm Alison Lawrence. And we're going to be your hosts for uh, around about the next hour. Um, We'll be looking at a number of different aspects of this blessing. And, of course, we'll be able to take questions... Uh, and uh, deal with issues that you would like to raise as well as the ones that we think that we should talk about. Yes, we'll be hearing extracts from the blessing and also short extracts from Dr King's lecture on uh, on the subject and he gives some wonderful metaphysical insights into this subject, as he should know. (laughs) So, by this stage, of course... um, Dr. King, who incidentally would have been sitting round about where Alice and I I are sitting right now, and in fact on the table in front of us we have the actual microphone that was used uh, during the giving of the 12 Blessings transmissions. Uh, But by this time the the audience who had attended the Blessings so far would have heard the first six Blessings, which of course deal with the, if you like, the terrestrial aspects of the blessings but they who work for peace and so, and so on and then by the seventh we start to move into more cosmic territory uh, with the mother earth the mighty sun the supreme lords of karma the galaxy and now we're up to the supreme lords of creation And at this point, I think we all need to take a bit of a reality check because this is, frankly, a subject about which none of us can know. I mean, the philosophers philosophers and metaphysicians have debated this for centuries. And now we're really getting to the very heart of the subject and uh, delivered this information delivered by the Master Jesus, someone who's so far in advance of us, can really open up our minds and our consciousness to who these beings really are. At which point, I think we should probably 
go into our first extract, shouldn't we? Yes. Which is very simply the heading of the blessing delivered by the Master Jesus. So let's just close our eyes now and remember that it's not just the words that are said, but it's the meaning that is contained upon the words, which is the really important thing. It's what lies behind the words. So let's tune into the Master Jesus. Blessed are the supreme lords of creation. I mean, whatever we say about the supreme lords of creation is going to be limited. I mean, we're talking about beings that are beyond the comprehension of the sons. I mean, just, you know, it's it's a mind-boggling subject. I think it's also uh, very interesting to to note that on his uh, lecture about the 11th blessing, um, the Master basically says, well, you know, we can't know anything at all, really, uh, about the supreme lords of creation. And, And in fact... You know, much as we might try to understand what they are, what they might be like, the more we do that, the more we just realise how inadequate our attempts are. I mean, they are the highest, the most advanced aspects of creation, of, of manifestation. That is, if they really are fully in manifestation, we don't even know that. Which is... a a rather good lead into the uh, well, listen to the next, next extract, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely, yes, which is uh, another extract from the Twelve Blessings. There are no words in any a language to express the beauty of these ones. There are no thoughts in any mind belt which could possibly do Half justice to the wondrous power of these ones. For they are beyond description. They are beyond even a true belief. Even the adepts, they are beyond the comprehension of the sons. I 
Well, that certainly opens up for debate, I would say. As I was saying before, beyond the comprehension of the sons. Now, we live in a three-dimensional world, relatively speaking, and we can just about fathom the concept of the fourth dimension, which is time. But if you go back to the eighth blessing, which was uh, the blessing to the sun, the Master Jesus talks about the 9,000 dimensions of the sun. Now, what on earth is that? It's a few more than than four, isn't it? (laughs) A few more than four, as you said. (laughs) Or even even seven come to that, which is, uh, you know, the the seven dimensions of, of creation. Yes. So we're, we're in two completely different territory here. I mean, we're aware of the fact that uh, more evolved beings can split their consciousness. But, uh, no, I mean, 9,000 dimensions, is that inhabited, is it inhabited realms? Is it divisions of consciousness? This is something we don't know, but we do know that higher beings can split their consciousness and be in more than one place at one time. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, and the, the the master makes um, point again on on the on his lecture on the eleventh blessing, and he he says, well, you know, we we've heard about the supreme lords of karma. Well, the supreme lords of karma are a part of the Supreme Lords of Creation, you know, because they contain everything that is. They are, they are the source of everything that is. And because they're the source of all manifestation, well, you know, they're above the mind belt. So um, you, can't, you, can't, you can't use any th- thought to, to describe them or, or appreciate them because they're, they're completely... Uh, above all of that. I know the Master Jesus says that. There are no thoughts in any mind belt. You, you know, we can, you can read that and not take it in. And when you start to analyse it, you just get deeper and deeper into this metaphysical concept and a truth which we probably have never thought about before. And, and of belief as well, because he yes. says they're beyond the true belief of e- even the adepts. In other words, it's, impo- it's, it's impossible for the likes of us truly to believe in the supreme lords of creation. They have to be above mind because they created the mind belt. So they have to be above that. It's quite a concept. At, at which point uh, we do have uh, an illuminating item from our master's lecture on precisely this subject about the mind belt it's this lasts about three and a half minutes so rather than us talk about the sorts of things that he was saying you can hear it not from the horse's mouth from the master's mouth yes (laughs) i think i might deal with this term mind belt because something which isn't understood. The Western psychologist does not seem to appreciate the fact that mind is an essential energy 
which exists outside of or apart from the brain. Bra mind cannot exist within the brain. <coughs> the brain is merely a receiving set. It picks up mind impulses which exist within the mind belt of a particular planet. It picks up these impulses, translates them into a way which can be understood to some extent. That can be understood to some extent, note those, please, those words, some extent, by the conscious mind. This is the see by the conscious part of the brain, I'm sorry. This is the secret of, of mind and brain and its essential relationship. Just as wireless waves are energy, so also mind is energy. Just as if you get a very sensitive wireless, you can tune in to different wavelengths and different stations a long, a long way away from you, so also if you have sensitized your brain tissue, you are capable of picking up and translating higher aspects of mind. The mind belt here refers to the mind belt around the planets. So the mind belt, so therefore what Jesus really means is this, that um, No planetary intelligence is capable of doing half justice to the description of these great and mighty lords of creation. And it's logical and reasonable to accept this as fact. The creator must be greater than that which he creates just as God, or the Absolute, must be greater than all manifestation, so also must the lords of creation be greater than all manifestation. This is obvious. If they are then greater than all manifestation, no part of manifestation can fully understand their greatness. This too is obvious. Well, the Master Jesus goes on after that. He says, There is the one in the centre. There are the seven central suns. There are the 91 galactic lords. There are nine, the 900 million solar logi. I believe we have a question. So, Margaret, yes. My question was that the numbers are very specific, they so are. they must be very meaningful. You know, the Master Jesus has not just given these numbers at random. So do we have any other information about what these numbers mean? 
know, how they fit in with you know, the plan, the cosmic plan, how they interrelate, how they affect us. Well, the, 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 ma- the master said that... He, he, one thing he did say about these numbers was exactly that. They're very specific. And that, you know, if the master Jesus had meant... 900 million and one solar logi, that's what he would have said, but he didn't. He said 900 million solar logi. But he also said, well, that doesn't mean to say that you're talking about 900 million suns. You're talking about 900 million solar logi. And, you know, the two are not necessarily the same. And, I mean, I think it's fair, you know, he didn't know the answer to these questions. And... uh, I think, uh, you know, we, we certainly don't either, but... There is a point I'd like to make. That also, going back to the blessing, the eighth blessing, the Master Jesus also mentions the 9,456,921 cloaks of the sun. Now, that also is something for our meditation. We don't quite know what that means. We have the 9,000 dimensions, and then we have these over nine million cloaks. Now, the Master Jesus also refers to the 49 cloaks of the earth. So there you have a consciousness, a solar being, an actual conscious being that can exist possibly within over nine million levels of existence or can split its consciousness over nine million times. So, you know, when you're looking at a sun, you may be looking at one aspect of the sun only. You know, that's also... We're, in, we're into mind-boggling territory, aren't we? We certainly you are. And, and, and not territory that we know a great anything at all about. I mean, going back to the, to the numbers, obviously the, the, the numbers, the one... And the seven, these are, these are generally re- regarded as, as mystical numbers. You know, the one refers to the absolute, you know, the all, the all things. And the seven is a, is, is, is a very mystical number. Um, I was a bit stumped by 91. Uh, so I did a bit of uh, uh, hunting around this morning. And interestingly enough... Uh, discovered that 91 is related to 13. And 13 is a very mystical number. We have 13 phases of the moon in a year and so on and so forth. And actually, if you add up all of the numbers from 1 to 13, you come to 91. So it's like 1 plus 2 plus 3. 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5, all the way up to 13, adds adds up to 91, interestingly, which is the number of days that we have in a season. So 91 is is obviously, again, in a more hidden way, is is, uh, a very mystical number. But uh, the 900 million, the Master commented on the fact that, you know, 9, again, is, is, is a very mystical number. Yes, it's the number of completion at the end of a cycle. So, you know, there are so many facets to these numbers and and the statements that the Master Jesus has made. It's just um, a point just occurred to me that um, I don't have a calculator big enough, but if you had a calculator to 
divide 900 million by 7, would it go evenly? Like 9 to 1, <laughs> divided by 7 is 13. You know, there's a lot in the 49 cloaks, is 7 times 7, so you've got 7. Well, when you've had your calculator out for a few few hours, let, 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 let us know, I think. But, uh, I mean, there, there are lots of numbers in the 12 blessings, as, as Alison was saying, and they're obviously there for a reason. They're obviously, you know, they are there for our contemplations, for our meditations. And, I mean, the thing, again, that the Master makes clear is that, you know, the Master Jesus is just throwing out ideas here. You know, they're just ideas that we can latch, you know, one, we can latch onto one and it'll take us somewhere else. You know, and, and it's, they're just sort of tantalising morsels that are just trying to give us a sense of what 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 we're talking about, you know, they are there for all of these things. Are there for our, our our meditations, our contemplations. I mean, going back to the one in the centre, <clears throat> scientists have discovered that the galaxies are receding, so that means they must have come from a central point, and that sort of corresponds with a theory of the Big Bang. But I mean, they haven't proved it, they've just observed through the telescopes and the measurement of light that distant galaxies are actually moving away from the, the present position. Hmm. So, so it all, all began with just one, uh, just one point. That's, that's, that's the theory, isn't it? The singularity. There's a singularity, just one point of being that suddenly went bang and exploded and, and, and is still expanding now. And this, of course... Uh, potentially tallies with the great theory of the inbreathing and out uh, well the outbreathing first of God you know the the God projecting itself through the supreme lords of creation into matter so sparks of the divine and this is the the function if you like so this is the work I suppose you would say of the supreme lords of creation which is to project sparks of the divine into matter so that matter uh, goes out through goodness only knows how long a time and then is comes back in is breathed back in and on the uh, and in the process those sparks of god return to god as conscious gods uh, and that's the work of the supreme lords of creation that is, that is, that is what they're doing interestingly Enough, the Master Jesus says that uh, they're above even this, i.e. the manifestation, because paradoxically enough, the greater part of these is not even in manifestation. So it's actually only a small part of the supreme lords of creation that has created the entirety of manifestation, whatever that is, all, all the whole universe and goodness knows what else, is just a small part of the supreme lords of creation and, and the way that they've manifested themselves. So, we, you know, we, we get this sense that we're just talking about something so unbelievably vast that you can't possibly begin to comprehend it, really. I know, and then the Master Jesus goes on. They are the divisions in, which is the beginning. They are the potential within, 
which is the end. So the Master Jesus is indicating there that there is a whole cycle which is continuing, which does have a beginning and does have an end. Mm. And that's probably a good lead into... uh, The next uh, extract. Next extract. Do you want to introduce this? Yes, with great pleasure. This is a very short extract from uh, a lecture given by Dr King, and he sums up those two sentences in a way that we could not possibly do justice to. Let's listen to the words of our master, Dr. George King. We have reference here again. They are the divisions in the great silence, which is the beginning. They are the potential within the great silence, which is the end. Silence, potential, the realization of potential, involution, evolution, potential back as potential, and the end. Brilliant words, brilliant. Astounding words. Don't know any two sentences ever written that contain as much deep philosophy as those two. I know I've been saying this often about the Twelve Blessings. It wasn't until I came to examine it bit by bit before you people that I realized the greatness of this little book, even though it came through me. If you want a meditation, those two sentences should suffice for another 15 million lives, and you'll not understand them then. but you'll go towards understanding during such meditations, a long, long way towards it. That's what they mean. The dots there indicate silence. When these tape recordings were taken down, I had to have my wits about me quite a little bit to realize that this is the great point Jesus wanted to put over here. Yeah, so those three dots are the great silence. And the great silence, of course, being God. God. Perfection. Anything which moves can't be perfect by definition. Manifestation, by definition, can never be perfect because it changes. And so the great silence really is the is the moment before the great word was spoken and... Uh, Symbolically, at least, and creation came about. Are there any questions at this stage? Um, I just wanted to know um, the one. There is the one in the centre. No, I'm not. I'm not really sure what that one means. Does that mean the absolute, or? What is that one? <laughs> well, I think I think we have to be honest and say that we're not too sure no. ourselves. I mean, obviously, it could, it, it, in some way, must refer to the divine, uh, and the one is is God. It has to be. It has to be God. Yes, I mean, I, I can't think what else it 
it could possibly mean. Mm. Yeah, and then uh, the seven central suns. So, what is this? What is the central? What is a central sun? It's quite. Um, is it? <laughs> well, I, I, the, these are these are unanswerable questions. Yeah. I mean, the master didn't know the answers to these. To, no, to, he, to he, he hasn't. Asked, asked he hasn't given. He just threw out yeah. some. He threw out some speculations, but yeah. he did, he didn't know. Yeah. So, I mean, like I was saying before, uh, the Master Jesus was referring to the uh, nine million plus uh, cloaks of each of our sun, and uh, a super sun. Who knows? I mean, you know, it could be something far greater. I mean, a, a galaxy has a consciousness, and that's greater than a sun. I mean, how many dimensions does a galaxy have? Mm. You know, it is speculation from our standpoint. Yeah. But it's just to give us an idea, a vision of just how great these aspects of creation really are. I, I think, it, though, in, in answer to what you're, what you're asking, I mean, I don't think we're not, we're not talking about seven central suns that are located somewhere in the universe as we sort of generally think about it. That, that I don't think, is, is not what we're talking about. We're not, I don't think we're talking about, you know, a point in the middle of everything as we understand it. No, I agree. You know, with, 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 with seven central suns revolving about it, it's, it's, something, it's something much bigger, bigger uh, and more... Mystical, if that's the right word, yeah. more real than that. I mean, we're 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 trying to analyse something from the point of view of the physical plane only. Yes. I mean, we know if there are if there are other levels around our planet, there must be other levels around every planet in the universe, and who knows how many other dimensions around the suns and then the galaxies, and how much of it is in manifestation. It's it's almost beyond our comprehension, and yet it's it's a, an opportunity to open up our minds to something far greater than we've ever learnt to date. And in a way, we're ready to understand the concept of a conscious universe. Yes. I mean, it's a strange thing that science fiction has probably helped, certainly, civilization in the West to understand the concept of life beyond our world. And even though we may not want to accept this in, in organised religion, in our imagination we can believe in it or reach out to it, and sooner or later the two are going to meet, and you f science and religion. And, and also, uh, you know, you come to appreciate through the Twelve Blessings that life is, is, is a hierarchy. And this is something re really quite unusual, I think. It certainly doesn't... Uh, uh, well, most religions don't contain that concept. Some of them, some of them do, but in general, uh, they don't. But here you, you can see a whole hierarchy uh, from the God, from the Absolute, extending way out into the whole of creation... And not just a hierarchy, but one thing being part of another, being part, which is then in turn part of another, which is in then turn part of another. And, uh, you know, this is the uh, amazing thing with the vision of the Twelve Blessings, that 
all life is interrelated through this hierarchy, through this matrix of of, of existence. You know, and this is this is this is uh, really does make it. I feel a teaching for the, for for a new age, as Alison said, for a different type of understanding. You know, a more open type of understanding um, that you know we're able to have increasingly since July the eighth, nineteen sixty four, and the initiation of Earth and various other things that have happened, which have meant that we we can be more open to higher ideas. That's a wonderful thing. And of course, the twelve blessings we're told was uh, delivered fifty two years ahead of its time. So we shouldn't actually be sitting here at the moment talking about these things at all. Because I suppose why its time would have been 2010-ish, we, we can only speculate. Maybe we'll find out one day. But uh, it's possible that uh, it was thought that we weren't quite ready for it yet. And, and yet, that actually, you know, but yet it was necessary for it to be given. Here's a statement. Fascinating stuff given by another great cosmic being, Mars Sector 6, and this is published in The Twelve Blessings. And he says, In these teachings known as The Twelve Blessings, the person you call Jesus gave an enhanced concept of reality so that men of terror in these days could take these teachings in the light of scientific knowledge, in the light of proposed space travel, and broaden their minds accordingly. So that was obviously... They had that in their vision. Yes. The powers that be could see that we'd reached a pivotal point in our civilization, and more veils of truth can be removed and we just see, you know, the wonders of creation in a way that uh, the old theologians could never express. And they had to do it a little bit before it was due to happen. That's right. <laughs> because of, because of the necessities of of the time just following on from that actually um there's i don't know if you've any of you've read the introduction to the 12 blessings at all recently our master's introduction but it is very interesting what he says about the 12 blessings and the uh the, the reasons for them being given and uh he says the 12 blessings have been given so that by their continued study as profound truths And use as mystic practices, the student may better prepare himself for the journey into the enlightened state of cosmic consciousness. So they've been given so that we can better prepare ourselves for the journey into the enlightened state of cosmic consciousness. The energy released by the student must be returned from the point to which it was directed. In this case, the supreme lords of creation will be coming back to this later on i know the 12 blessings therefore constitute a system of sacred practices by the continued use of which the student may avail himself of the energy necessary to gain enlightenment to buy what you get back from the study and performance of the 12 blessings is the energy necessary to gain enlightenment And, of course, even more important than that, um, he says, uh, the student can be energised to that extent which enables him to be of great service to humanity. Well, that's very very interesting. I think we need to remind ourselves about... I mean, you're raising your consciousness 
Every yeah. time you practice the 12 blessings or you study them, you're raising your consciousness. So your vibration becomes higher. So the energy that you give out is higher and what you get back is correspondingly higher. And then you use that energy again to help others. I mean, that... Yes, another question. <laughs> um, following on from that discussion, uh, what I wanted to say was that um, when I first came, uh, my question was going to be, um, do we know what the great law of manifestation is? But um, listening to the discussion so far and hearing the extracts from Dr. King and the reading from the preface as well about um, raising consciousness, I realize now that maybe we're not supposed to know what these numbers mean. Maybe we're not supposed to know what the law of manifestation is. Maybe what we're supposed to understand is that God is so great and vast, but there's a design and there's a plan. And no matter how powerful and great, he has a purpose for us. And maybe this is to reassure us in our daily life, uh, daily practices at work and every day and facing the problems in the world and give us the drive to keep, as you say, raising our consciousness and working harder towards the purpose, which is to return to God. I mean, the parameters of the great law of manifestation could be defined as the law of karma. And that's something that has been taught over the centuries... And it's been removed from Orthodox religion. And it's been reintroduced in a very definite manner. But it's all part and parcel of us learning to control matter. The idea of us returning to the source as conscious gods means that we have gone through experience. We are in control. We are not buffered by the winds of fate. We are in control of ourselves. We have a direction And I think the 12 blessings definitely will help us to keep our focus in the right way. Also, I mean, when we talk about understanding, uh, people often think about sort of conscious understanding. But there there are other higher forms of understanding as well. And I think with with the study of the 12 blessings, we have to try and gain uh, an intuitive sense Mm. of the way that God's manifestation works, if you like, uh, and all of these, all of these phrases, you know, all of these phrases, all of the that Master Jesus gives here are all, all designed to help us get more of a sense, just so that we can gradually, gradually, gradually have have greater un- understanding. And let's face it, we all need it, don't we? So. <laughs> At which point, so just we should we move on to our next extract? Yes. In- Absolutely, this is uh, another extract from the 11th blessing delivered by the Master Jesus. And the tone of his voice is so reverent, it's so full of humility when he talks about these wonderful, wonderful beings. Yes, I mean, in a sense, it's an answer to uh, some of the questions that have come up because it's quite obvious that he can't describe them. But you can get a sense of awe from this. So let's close our eyes and focus on this beautiful but quite brief extract.
givers of light. They are the spirits of flame. They are the great and mighty energies which course through each galactic system. Just to listen, listen to that voice, the, the love expressed. I mean, if that doesn't open up your heart chakra, I don't know what would. But he great goes, and mighty energies which course through each galactic system. And the Master Jesus goes on to say, These ones give their power so that all life may express itself in a million, million different forms in order to gain that experience which will take it in full consciousness back to its source. Now there again, the Master Jesus hasn't given a finite number as to how many life forms exist in the universe. Which brings up a very interesting point. All the old theologians and philosophers have said that God made man in his own image. Now, it isn't entirely wrong. In in an infinitesimal way, it's absolutely correct. The lords of creation decided to clothe the sparks of, of us, the sparks of our divine consciousness in human form in order to gain experience, the experience that we need. And so we could say, yes, God made us in his image. Now, if you lived on Alpha Centauri and you had a totally different physical body, you could say exactly the same thing. They have every right, the Alpha Centaurians have every right to say that God made them in his image. But it's it's infinite. There are millions upon millions of different expressions of life, all sparks of the divine. That's what they all have in common but they adapt to the different surroundings and they're evolving through their karmic cycle back to God. I mean, we don't even know what lives at the bottom of the ocean, never mind what lives in, the, in other parts of the galaxy. So it's very interesting, the concepts that you know, can evolve from just a statement like that. At which point I think we could move on to our... Next extract, couldn't we? Which yeah. is uh, about four minutes long, and it's our master who's talking about the nature of reality. Reality is unchangeability, and that which does not change is real, and that which does change only appears to be real. So when you hear people using reality in its wrong wrong sense, nudge them in the ribs and remind them how to use it correctly. They'll think you're quite mad. They probably tell you you're quite mad, but don't forget, you'll sow a seed in their mind that sooner or later has got to germinate. And they can fight against it all they like for as long as they like. It'll germinate sooner or later. And it'll set off a train of thoughts. And perhaps in that life, at the end of that life, or the beginning of another, uh, they'll 
propound exactly the same things that you did a life and a half ago to them. The very things that I'm saying tonight will be spoken of glibly throughout the world in maybe 50, maybe 500 years' time. Because they are aspects of truth, aspects of truth as given to us by great and holy masters like Jesus and Buddha and so on. Reality is unchangeability, and that which is which changes cannot be any aspect of reality. This brings us into a very complicated <coughs> set of philosophical expressions. What I have said tonight to you is the nearest to truth I can get. But although it's the nearest to truth I can get, I couldn't express, neither can any other man, express, express real truth in words. Because words change, and that which changes cannot be real, and that which is not real cannot be truth. All we can do, all, all, all any of us can do, is to sow the seeds, is to set a train of thought running within your own mind. To really understand reality, we have to go above thought. We have to go above the conscious mind, above the superconscious mind, into the realms of silent immobility. And when we come out of, of that... Uh, condition called samadhi or meditation, whatnot. We, we cannot express fully what we learned, but we can do this. We can understand uh, other things in such a way that we can impart information to people in that way by talking about other things. When Jesus refers to here as the unchangeability of reality, he means that which is above manifestation which is real and lasting. Such things as the spirit, which is real and lasting, and which has lasted forever and will last forever, which cannot be destroyed, cannot be harmed in any way, which is started off as perfection and which will go back as perfection. That is the real reality. The uh, passage that our master is referring to there is, is this paragraph. Blessed are these ones throughout all infinity, in the timelessness of now, in the unchangeability of reality which exists within the heart and of hearts of the Absolute. Yes, well, actually, after the 11th blessing, the Master Jesus really gives us an instruction. He says, O oh, my sweet, adorable children, 
Send your love to these great and mighty ones, so that it may be returned to you by the great law, so that when it is returned freely, you can dispense this wondrous power to all those around you. O children, send your love. Send your love. I mean, he really emphasises that point. I, I believe that we have actually a question Yes, we, we've heard that the supreme lords of creation are beyond the comprehension of the sons and that there is no no words in any mind melt which does half justice to the, the power of these uh, supreme lords of creation. Um, how on earth are we puny mortals with puny intelligences? Um, how are we to ex- expand our awareness, our consciousness, our appreciation of these great beings um, so that we can understand them better, uh, so that we can appreciate them and maybe open our hearts to them if that's, even, if that's even possible. I think you just have to do the best you can under the circumstances, <laughs> as, 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 with, as with all life. You know, you can't, if, if you expect perfection, you'll never find it. So all, all you can do is to start where you are and do what you can. Do the best that you can, and and if if we do the best that we can, then life has a habit of giving us a hand. Um, so, visualization, study, practice of the twelve blessings, other spiritual practices—all of these things are going to help. But it's going to be an awful long time, and an awful—you know—we've got an awful long way to go before we're going to get anywhere close. To having a fractional appreciation. Well, I mean, the longest journey begins with a single step, does it not? Exactly, yeah. But, the, you know, <clears throat> the Master Jesus says, send your love. So all we can do, we, we can't even begin to imagine what they are like. But we just know that they are there, that they exist. Sorry to interrupt, but and of course when we do that, you get a power back Absolutely. from them. yes. And then we can use this power. And we grow and then we send out more and more power, which is of a higher and higher vibration, and we can help all those around us. I mean, that is the best thing that we can do with this energy. And hopefully when we get some of that power back, it'll give us that little bit more understanding. Well, it will give us that little bit more understanding each time. That's, that's the point, I think, about the way that the 12 blessings work. You know, that is why we are, the Master says we're getting back those energy, you know, the energy which can lead us into the state of enlightenment. Well, in fact, Dr. King, he gives a, a personal testimony about an experience the, he had about sending out power. And we'd like to play an extract of this to you now. You can't give what you haven't got. It's no good going to a poor man's house, hoping to give him bread, unless you take bread there with you. You cannot give power freely to all those around you, as you should do, unless you have that power. Well, sending your blessings 
to the supreme lords of creation is one sure way of getting that power. When Jesus refers here to the great law, he's talking about a, a law which um, we all appreciate. It's a certain fact that no man will get anything for nothing. He has to pay for what he gets in one way or another. Even if the monetary system of this earth was, was, was uh, got rid of, and I for one would jump for joy if this did happen, men would still have to pay for the knowledge and so on they gained by experience, by the expenditure of effort, which would be a much fairer way uh, than the way at present adopted because this would rule nobody out, save the lazy ones, and it wouldn't rule them out because they've ruled themselves out. When you send out an energy, no matter how feeble that energy is, to any great and elevated source, by the same law must an energy be returned to you from that great and elevated source. This is a fact. It works. It really works. It's no, um, shall we say, wishful thinking. This really works. Send out this energy to a source and receive the energy back. If you send out energy to a, to a what we call a wicked source or anything like that, you receive energy back. As a matter of fact, you receive it back on the same beam that you project through the ether yourself. I had this rather well illustrated to me one time when I was sending my love to Jesus before ever the twelve blessings came. <laughs> and I started by visualizing what I thought Jesus might look like. And um, uh, Sooner or later, I saw a, a, a picture within uh, myself which was not animated by me because certain actions that this, this, this being performed uh, were, were actions I did not foresee. So therefore, it wasn't uh, a purely a, a thought pattern. It wasn't animated by my thoughts. In other words, I had a vision of a being. And I visualized then a white light leaving the heart center here and going into the heart center of this being. Now that's what I visualized. Again, something happened which certainly wasn't animated by me because in those days I didn't know uh, really enough about it. I saw a brilliant blue light come back down the same beam as the white light went up, so the blue light traveled back down the same beam exactly that I'd created through the ether, uh, uh, which came into me again. Only a very small portion of this blue uh, energy, whatever it was, 
I wasn't versed enough in those days to, 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 to really um, analyze what type of energy it was. But whatever energy it was, only a small portion of that energy stayed within me and the other seemed to leak out all over the place. Later on I was talking to a friend of mine who was a very good healer and exceptionally good clairvoyant as well at times, and he said to me, good heavens, where have you been? I can see a blue mist all around you, there's energy coming from you. And I told him what had happened, and he said, ah, yes, I know. He said, well, what you did was to send your energy out to Jesus, and of course you received another energy back. And that other energy you've given to me, and when you walk down the street, you'll give to all people and so on. They won't be aware of it. They won't be aware of it, but you'll do it. The law governing such things says that the, the, the weak take from the strong. It's the exact opposite, you see, from the law of man, which st uh, says that the strong take from the weak and keep on taking from the weak. You see, none of us here is as strong as the income tax inspector, so therefore we can't take anything from that blighter, but Bithundri can take everything that we've got, as you know. But this law is very different. It says that the weak take from the strong. And you've noticed this yourself. You've been talking to people who've been particularly run down, people who have... Um, deranged tendencies especially such people sap you and sap you and sap you and then when they go out of the house you're absolutely dead why because they've been drawing uh, essential energy from you all the time and maybe you haven't realized it but they've been sapping you and drawing this energy from you because you have been the stronger one and you've been giving this energy to the weaker one that's why so when you send out your power, even if it's a tiny little invisible feeble beam of energy somewhere out there, you, you can't visualize in this case the supreme lords of creation who the juice can visualize these chappies. You can't begin to, but you can, you can make a mental request that this power goes out to the supreme lords of creation, and even if it's just a feeble beam about the size of a half a cotton or, or a hair-like beam. Even if it is, it makes no difference. Back down that beam again will come an energy into you which you'll dispense to all people around you. It'll help to evolve you and all people around you. And that applies to all these practices in this book. That's why they're given at this time to the doers. If you're a theoretical boy, throw the book away. Not mind if you do throw, or send it back to a theorist's house. Don't throw it away. Because <laughs> you'll evoke a karma against yourself that'll hit you between the eyes when you least expect it. So, so don't throw it away. Send it back to us. Ask us for your seven bob back and we'll give it to you gladly. If you're a theoretical boy, because this is no good to you. you. You've wasted your money. But if you're a doer, even whether you're a doer in public or in secret, in your private place, makes no difference. If you're a doer, open it, read it, thoroughly learn it, and act, act, act. Send out these great beams of energy to the particular spots, and back down will come the energy into you.
And now I will just read what the Master Jesus says in that respect, following on from our Master's reading. O children, take that which is given back unto you, and even then give it unto others, and it will be recorded by the hand of truth in the timeless book of records that you did this. In other words, take that energy which comes back to you from the supreme lords of creation and give it unto others. And he says, and you will shine among men. You will be greater by far than a king, stronger than an emperor, as wise as an oracle, as gentle as a lamb when you do this. I think at this point I will ask Alison to lead us into the concluding contemplation. I think this is an opportune moment for us to put into practice what the Master Jesus wants us to do. So let us go within. Let us close the eyes. Let us visualise a brilliant white light. Fill ourselves with this wondrous power And let us see ourselves as a part of the cosmos, an eternal spark of the divine. And let us send out a beam of love to these wondrous beings, these supreme lords of creation, who have given us the opportunity to make our journey back to God. Let us open up our heart chakra. Let us feel this pure spiritual essence flowing outwards. Bathe in its vibration and you will shine with a great spiritual light. Feel at great peace that you are surrounded by light. Feel this inner peace. When we have done this, we should thank God for being able to give something back to the glorious ones who have worked unceasingly for the good of all. Thank you, Alison. Well, I think that brings our little discussion to a close and it just remains for me to thank the audience here for your attentiveness and your feedback and your questions and just to say to you and indeed to everyone who will listen to this podcast uh, that the most important thing is... Not thinking about these things, the most important thing, as our Master always said, is putting them into action. It's about doing. And really, if we take nothing else away than that uh, from uh, this hour or so, it will be uh, an hour or so very well spent indeed. And on that note, I'd just like to say thank you and... God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you for your kind attention. We sincerely hope you enjoyed this podcast. For further information, 
on these podcasts or the Ethere Society in general, please visit us on the web at www.ethereus.org.